This is episode 37 with Mr. Samuel Ampovichumesi Asari. You know what? The greatness, the blessings, the food, the, the, the school of a lot of people are tied around your lungs. I always say it. When God calls you, he doesn't call you alone. Maybe you will be the leader, but he calls you to be a blessing unto me. Some people's school fees are in your pocket. Some people's houses are in your pocket. Some people's food are in your pocket. And so if you give up and you refuse to fulfill your purpose on earth, you know what happens? You actually shatter the dreams of others. Assuming those who, who came out with electricity decided he's not never going to do it. You know what would have God would have done to the world? He would have actually put the whole world in darkness. Hello everyone and welcome to the 2 Show. A show for the 21st century youth where we discuss productivity, wellness and human condition. Can you subscribe and leave us a review and directly find your podcast? Also send us a mail at info at the 2 one showcom Follow us on any of our social media platforms at the 2 one Show. Thank you. This episode of the podcast, we ask the question: When does life really begin? We rehearse for concerts, plays, and many other things. The clock ticks and keeps moving. So, when does life really begin? Mister Samuel Ambovuchimisiasare is the preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ and motivational speaker, and an author of many life-changing books. He has spoken in various conferences and seminars across Ghana and beyond, and helping people to live a purposeful life. And today on the show, that is exactly what we're talking about. Life is not a razor with Mr. Samuel Ampapo Chumesi Asar. Stick and stay with us. Hello, can you hear me, please? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah, he's better. Right, right. So a very good evening to all of you. Thanks thanks for having me, Ben and Teresa. And thanks to all of you listening. A very good evening to all of you. Yeah, a very good evening to you too. So um, I'm going to start very soon, but I think one thing I left out of the bio was um, you have this content you create every Saturday called Prothesis. I don't know whether I even get the name right, but uh, yeah. you would like to know about it and then um, how do people join and what times and all of those things? Well, so basically, prothesis is, it's, is, is actually a Greek word for the word purpose. And it's, it's, it actually means to be set apart and to be set forth for a, for a specific reason. So we, we believe that God has, has assigned every one of us a specific purpose. And that is that is proven by our own uniquenesses, in quote. The fact that no two people have the same fingerprints. And so we believe that we are all coded and customized by God's own design to the point that as if we are keys for specific doors. And if you refuse to open those doors, those doors remain shut forever. And so if you live on earth without fulfilling your purpose on earth, you actually rob the, the whole earth of your glory, the very uniqueness the Lord placed in you. And what okay. you do is that you carry all of them okay. to the grave. So um, I think the idea was born... Um, you know when 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 you know the 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 pandemic started and you know we're in the lockdown and i felt well i think for now thanks to technology you can reach people in their homes and bless them with the word of god so the idea was to just you know quicken men to know their purpose teach the issues of purpose and all other things that have to do with you know fulfilling our destiny or 
you know, knowing the right to, 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 to shoot to our glorious destinies as the Lord has, has planned for our lives. So we treat all kinds of topics. We thought um, about the fundamentals of destiny. We talked about so many different topics. Currently, we are treating um, a, more, a more apologetic topic. So is Jesus the Savior? And we did the, 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 the part one um, last, last week, and we are doing the part two this, this Saturday. We, we, we have it on Zoom. And it's at 9 a.m. every Saturday morning. 9 a.m. every Saturday morning. Um, we are we are planning of you know taking it to other platforms as well. So if you are free, just an hour, an hour, 30 minutes, join us. Come in with your questions. Any any question at all, and we will address it. And I believe it, it is it's it's going to be a blessing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So. Those of those of you who have my number personally, you know that every Saturday I put it is 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 actually the conference that starts my weekend. So you can it can also be the conference that starts your weekend also. So so that is about um, pro thesis. So Papa Sami, uh, so you're talking about life is not a rehearsal, and um, let's take your opening statement, and then maybe we can jump into. Um, interestingly, the topic is exactly a book I've I've uttered. So it is interesting. I have so much interest in there. Um, I I think the I, I had a quote somewhere 2009 uh, at Opuhuari School during a four-year time. And I began to really delve deep into it. And as I grew up in the Lord, I realized God's, I mean, my assignment and my message for life is basically on purpose. And that's what I've actually pursued. All, all these years um, and so like life itself is not a rehearsal and i believe when i move into it you understand why it is not a rehearsal so ben talked about the sacredness of life we'll start with that and we will see how how it's it's, it's gonna go but truly life is not a rehearsal it's, it's the only thing that um is the is the only stage that which when you are performing you have no other time for rehearsing so you actually rehearse and do the, the and perform the the real show at the same time and so we can't really joke with it it's, it's just one it's just one stage we do everything on that stage and in, in i think you ask questions about when does life really start and people are giving their own opinions the truth is that life doesn't start at 40 and life doesn't mm-hmm. start when you, you are married and life doesn't <laughs> start when when you know you, you have finished the university actually life starts the very day you are born and interestingly life and death starts at the same time and we will discuss it mm-hmm. we'll discuss it all right. right so um i think now it's safe for us to now roll right so so thank you all for for joining us and thank you so much for the opportunity it's it's a great honor to be on the show and um i do not trivialize it at all it's it's an honor to be a blessing to god's people and i'm sure we, we all live mutually i mean exalted and, and sharpened so like life life is not a rehearsal we want to start with you know the sacredness of life and okay. when when you I, I love reading the book the first book of the bible genesis because that's why i draw I, I mean, that's why i draw most of my foundations for whatever doctrine principle of life and everything from because you need to know the source of everything before you can truly build on it or establish it as a principle for life so what you read genesis chapter 2 verse mm-hmm. 7 and the bible says that and the lord god formed man out of the dust of the ground and God breathed into man or into his nostrils, and then man became a living soul. And so you realize that in that verse, we see the most precious gift God ever gave to man. And that was the gift of his breath in man, which is life, right? So when you want to talk about life, it is the most precious gift God ever gave, man, gave to man. And it is priceless because life is actually the source of all things. It is the beginning of all things. You know, without life, there is no purpose. There is no vision. There is no ambition. There is no goal. There's no relationship. Without without purpose, I mean, without without life, you can't talk about essence. You can't talk about inventions. All things, you know, hinge on life. And this is what I mean. You know, when when you have all things and you are dead, those things are not relevant to you. So life is actually the source of all things. Life is the source of all things. Now, it is, it is precious, it is priceless, and it is God's greatest gift because it is the only thing that is irreplaceable and irre- irreproducible. 
This is what I mean. If you lose your phone today, you can get it back. If only you have money, you can get another one. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you lose your house, yeah. I've, I've met people who have yeah. had their house and all their property burned down, people who have lost all their investment. But, you know, step by step, petit à petit, like the French would say, little by little, they are able to regain whatever they've lost. But the truth is, when you lose life, you can never get it back. When you lose life, there is no way you can replace it. There hasn't been anything scientifically whatsoever in all fields of life that have been able to reproduce life. So life is so much precious and so much important. And that is why I, I, I am seeing the sacredness of life. One other thing that, one other thing that also make, makes life sacred is the fact that you know, our lives as human beings are finite. Okay? Mm-hmm. We have a definitive existence. Every one of us here has a, a, a defined beginning and a defined ending. You see, when I was, I was starting, I, I, I said that life and death begin at the same time. This is a principle that happened when Adam actually died. And this is what I mean. The very day you are born and you come into this earth, you also start dying. So okay. the every, I mean, every person of a second draws you closer to your grave. Actually, when people say we are celebrating birthdays, it is also, it is more of a celebration of a death day than a birthday. Why? Because if God gives you 70 years to, to stay on earth and you are 23 today, what happens is that your entire life on earth has been reduced by 23. When mm-hmm. you are 24, you are getting closer to your grave. So that the truth is, we are more dead every day than the previous day. We are more dead every day than the previous day. For every person of a second, every person of a minute, every person of one person of an hour, every person of a week, a month, a year, draws us closer to our grave. So you must understand that every person who is listening to me to me today is actually dying because our lives are finite. That is why you know I'm saying life is so sacred. Now, if if we are able to come to this point and understand the sacredness of life, the fact that you know, it is God's most precious gift unto man. The fact that it's the source of all things, the beginning of all things, and without it, without it, nothing actually moves or works. And we come to the point that life is irreplaceable, it is irreproducible, and we understand that our lives are finite. One thing that actually comes to mind is that, you know, it brings to our attention the appreciation for the value of life. This one yeah. thing that is also a component of the sacredness of life. You're able to understand all these things, then you will know how valuable the life God has given to you is. And when you are able to value it, you see, when when you are able to place a value on your life, then you would want to take the step to make your life count. You want to take the steps to actually make your life count. You see, there is no one on earth who is here by an accident. There is no one on earth who is here by, by mistake. I don't have time to really delve deep into into the creation of man. But when you look at the original creation of man in in the book of Genesis, you realize that man was first created before he was formed. Man Mm -hmm. was created. Actually, Mm -hmm. actually, maybe I don't want to go in there, but actually the man and the woman were created at the same time, but they were formed at different times. It is very clear in Genesis. The Bible says that male and female God created them. I think Genesis chapter, is it chapter 6 verse 1 or so, chapter 5 is one of them. The Bible says that male and female created him. In other words, God created them at the same time, but he formed them at different times. So you look at the three, three words in Hebrew, for the word create bara to form yacha and to make you know all those three things are different and i am saying this because one of the major problems we have today is our identity is where we are coming from you know we feel like this yeah. afternoon I, I i was watching a short video and the guy in the video said in our local dialect that so who actually who actually brought us onto this particular continent? You know, you know, what is wrong with the black skin? And he was just comparing two things between a white and a black. And we feel that the black man is disadvantaged. We feel it's a curse to be black. We feel it is a curse to belong to the family we belong to. Sometimes we, we wish we were born into a different world that we are in now for all the obvious reasons, the poverty, the struggles we are all having. But the very truth is that the life you carry is sacred because it belongs to you and you alone. There is never going to be any two persons like, I mean, there's never going to be an identical copy like you on earth. From the time of creation 
till the time Christ will come. There is never going to be an identical copy. And that is why God in his own wisdom made our fingerprints so different from each other. So I say that every person is a customized human being because you are God's idea of his own personality and the personality of God's own idea. So you see, maybe your mom might not have planned your coming. Maybe you were, you were, you know, they were just doing something by the time they realized you had, you had been conceived. Maybe they never planned your coming. Some of us may probably might have come out of rape. But you see, as, as much as it feels surprised to, or to our parents who never expect, I mean, expected us, it is not a surprise to God. Because you see, you were created before you were formed. You existed before your mom and dad came together for you to be conceived. That's why the Bible says that in Genesis 1, I mean, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, the Lord said unto Jeremiah, listen to the, listen to the, listen to the, to the English. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. How can you know me before I was formed? It means that I existed before I was formed. Formation is actually what takes place in your mother's womb. Formation is actually what happens when there is conception, when the sperm and the egg meet together in the fallopian tube. But the truth is that you existed before that one. So you see, you are so precious and your life is so sacred. So you are not a non-entity on earth. You should be able to accept this. You should be able to accept that this is me, that person, that is you. So listen, you are not an entity. There is, there is an assignment. You are special. There is something God has I mean, brought you on earth to do. You are so special and you are so unique. You know, yeah. it, 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 there, there was a time I, I, I did a series on the fundamentals of destiny. And one of, the, one of the fundamentals of every destiny, and by fundamentals, I mean foundation of every glorious destiny is what I call the block of potential. There are about seven of them. There are about seven fundamentals of, of destiny. And one of them is the block of potential. Let me, let me go a, a bit deep into this block of potential. You see, when God created all things, he placed into everything he created the ability of that thing to succeed. It is a fundamental principle. Everything okay. God created, he placed a program in that thing for that thing to succeed. So the truth is the energy, the strength, the power you need to succeed is in the inside of you. Let me explain it. If I pick a mango seed, okay, that mango seed has in it the ability to produce a mango tree with fruits. From the very fruits that it's produced, every one of them has a seed. And every one of the seeds can be also planted. By the time you realize, out of that one seed is a whole orchard of mango. It's a whole plantation of mango. Why? Because in God's own wisdom, he placed in the mango seed the ability of the mango to succeed. So all the mango needs is the right soil and the right nurturing. The mango doesn't really need all of them. So the mango can actually have in it the ability to succeed. But when you place it on a on a bare ground, on a tiled floor, it is never going to germinate. It is never going to produce it. But its ability is there. That is the what that's one of the problems a lot of people have. So when 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 they are they, when they they want to look at themselves, they feel so underprivileged, so in incapable, so inadequate, they feel they can only make it in the US. So they don't mind, mm-hmm. or, or in Europe, so they don't mind traveling through the desert and, you know, tra- traveling on the Mediterranean Sea. I mean, I mean, just with, with, with little regard to all the, with all the, all the dangers, people fall down deserts, they die. A lot of them die on the Mediterranean. Why? Because they are running harsh. One of the, the issue is that they've not really come to the appreciation of the ability in them to actually be successful in life, right? So you have to understand that there is no non-entity on earth. If there is, you see, and and I didn't really want to go into this whole issue of creating and forming and all that. But you see, the truth is the ability of a man is not just in his physical body. The physical body is just a channel for the propagation or the exhibition of an ability. Now, you don't need your eyes to play. You don't need your eyes to play the piano. If you need your eyes to play the piano, then there are people who are blind and could never ever play the piano. But we have. You can bear with me. You might have seen some of them here. You are you are outstanding when you see them. That there are people who are blind, but they are playing the piano. There are people who who have their their hands. You know, I mean, their hands 
um, how do you call it? Just, just you know, they've been incapacitated. They, their hands are just off, but they're able to drive. You watch, you watch videos like that, and you see someone using their foot to drive. They don't have hands, they, but they do everything with their hands. I want to ask. So, is the ability to drive in their hands? No. The ability is actually in the spirit of a man. So you see, so far as God has made you and you are in the image of the Lord, you have been you the potential to become whatever you want to become. At the age of 18 months, there was a young lady called Helen Keller in history. This lady was attacked by a disease and some of the most precious senses of her life were taken away from her. She was, she was blind by the disease, blinded by the disease. Helen Keller became deaf. Helen Keller became dumb. In other words, she could not see, she could not hear, she could not speak. I am very sure that if it has happened, if it has happened to probably, I mean, some of us or to a lot of people, all they would do is they want to sit by the roadside and be begging for arms. Songs, um, they'll be be doing all kinds of things as if, you know, they have no one God has given up on them. They are the most deplorable people on earth. But you know what? Helen Keller rose up to become a world giant. Helen Keller rose up, became, I think, a Nobel laureate. She met presidents of the United States. Helen Keller rose up and became a writer. She actually was speaking in conferences around the, the globe. So my question is, and a deaf person speaking to thousands of people who are much alive, have their eyes on, have their ears on, can speak, and they are listening to a person who cannot speak, who cannot hear, and who cannot see, right? How, how is that possible? How, how is that possible it's around the world? If we are able to establish these things and know that now there is a sacred life, our lives are finite, it is the most precious thing God has given to us. We are not non-entities. There is something God has placed in us and we can succeed in life. Then what it must place in us is the urgency for a purposeful living. We, we, like I said, you have to know that you are on earth for a particular purpose. There is no one who came out of the blue. There is no one who just came. I mean, no, evolution tells us that we came from cockroaches. That is never true. That is never true. We didn't come from cockroaches. God made us in his own image. And in us, he placed us in what we called purpose. Again, the Lord says that before Jeremiah, you were formed in your mother's womb. I knew you. You have a divine ordination to achieve a particular purpose right to achieve a particular purpose so you are not on earth for being sick the parents you are born to wasn't a mistake to be an african is not a mistake to be a black is not a mistake to belong to the group you belong to is not a mistake the i mean um best parent you could ever have is the one you have now so now we've talked about the sacredness of life we've spoken about the block of potential and we've said that you know there is a purpose you have to actually achieve but what is purpose at all when we talk about purpose i think most of the things that come into our minds is money is fame is all kinds of things but i want to quickly run us through some five misconceptions about what purpose is i call them what purpose is not what purpose is not so if you're actually talking about purpose these things are not purpose the billion dollar i have made it that is life if 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 i have all the wealth that is life but i know people who have all the wealth but they kill themselves sometimes those people who have the money are the most empty people Life is not just about money or wealth. I'm not saying money is not good. It is good. But those are not the foundational, I mean, blocks of of life and purpose. Now, the next thing is fame. One of the major problems we are having in our time is that everyone wants to become famous. So we want to cut corners to become famous. Once I did a bit of research, I, I, I just did not understand why very nice ladies were will want to post naked pictures on 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 social media something that could never be erased until christ comes and one of the reasons people were giving is that they want their bodies to be to be appreciated for people to 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 say your body looks nice one of them is that they just want to have faith so to them purpose is about i'm bringing all these things but they are not necessarily fame right because fame wealth money all those things can be just the rewards of a purposeful living 
but they do not replace a purposeful life. That is so purpose is not job. Now, job is good, occupation is good. But you see, you don't you don't you don't exist to I mean you don't you don't work to exist. Okay. You actually exist to work. One of the problems we have is that we we are comparing people just want to do all kinds of jobs. One two because of the fame, the prestige they will get. So there are all kinds of misconceptions about the occupation. People push their children into becoming nurses. Sometimes they don't even look at what their potentials are, what they love to do, where they can maximize their potentials. So far as it is, there is a ready market, ready job for it. They want to push their kids into it, right? But that might not be what God has called them to become. So we respect more some jobs more than the other. One of my favorite movies is Three Idiots, an, an Indian movie. So job, like I said, might not necessarily be purpose. Now you can find yourself doing a job which is actually your calling or what God has, right, or, or what God has called to do. <laughs> you, can, you can have yourself doing. For instance, I know in myself that I can never be a medical doctor. I wanted to be one. I thank God I never became one. My wife is one. But, but up to today, I don't remember the last time I visited the hospital. I hate everything medicine. I don't remember the last time I took meds. I can't stand blood. So you see, when they are showing a movie, I heard that a car had knocked down a little girl and walked over over the little girl. And I began, I began to shiver. I began just running away. And the women were like, oh, but you were a man. You were a man. Uh, you know, that kind of Ghanaian mindset, you were a man. But the truth is that I can't stand blood up to today. I struggle. I can't see it. I, let, me, let me say this on a very softer note. I have never killed a chicken. I have never killed a chicken. I can't kill one. I will struggle to kill it. If I am killing it, I'll put my 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 face and my eyes somewhere and be cut it. Why? Because I can't stand blood. Assuming I have, I might have been pushed into the profession. Well, you will say that, oh, I can acclimatize. Yes, that is to a point. But if there is no passion, what happens is that you 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 will never enjoy what you are doing and you die actually in the job. I call it occupational suicides. So there are a lot of people doing things they don't really want to do. They don't love it. So what happens is that they are not able to maximize their potential. That is not purpose. The, the, the next thing is that purpose is not necessarily achievement. If you are living a purposeful life, you make good achievement. But purpose is not necessarily achievement. In our minds, if I travel, if you're able to travel outside Ghana, you know, I mean, that is it. Every one of us wants to go to the UK. Every, one wants to go to Europe or to, to the US. But the, the truth is, I met people in the UK and they are the most to be pitied people amongst all men. I met a man who has been in the UK for, at the age of, I mean, since the age of 17 years and is now 63 years and he has nothing to show for it. He doesn't have a house to sleep in. He has nothing. And go and see how people are still working like slaves. You see, the, the truth is God blesses by placement. When you read the book of Acts, the Bible says that and it is the Lord who determines the boundaries of our habitation. Acts chapter 17. It is the Lord who determines the boundaries of our habitation. In Genesis 20, it says the Lord said unto, uh, unto, unto Isaac, dwell in Egypt don't, and dwell in Gera. Don't go in. You must know where God wants you to be at every particular point in time. I remember after my, my master's in Oxford, just imagine being in Oxford and you say you want to come back home. And everyone is telling you how foolish you are. I had offers for people who, who actually wanted to get married to me so that I'll have permanent residence over there. But I said, no, in my heart, that was not the time. Well, the time will come probably will be moving in and out, but my heart is not there. So you see, it is not necessarily an achievement. You can have all the achievement and be as empty as a vacuum. Okay. okay. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is that purpose is not necessarily formal education. In our minds, purpose is a, like a tool that should sharpen our potentials and our gifts. That is how education is. And that is what a white man has been able to do. So if you are interested in filmmaking, they don't push you into the theater. They, uh, they have built their system for it to sharpen people's potentials so that they can mark. That's why they are bringing all these brilliant ideas. But here we have engineers behind pulpits as pastors. We have politicians mm -hmm. behind pulpits. Whilst we have pastors be, in, I mean, in, 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 in the parliament, 
you can imagine it limits potential and reduces the impact we can actually make. So you see, you must be able to know exactly what God has called you to do. I know what I've been called to do. So I don't struggle with people. I don't compare myself with people. I am the most satisfied person. I don't have all the money. I don't have a, a strong or a very fat bank account. But I, I love what I have. Why? Because I know that I don't struggle and compare myself with anyone. Why? Because I am in purpose. Okay. So but those are the things purpose is not necessarily it. But what, a, what is purpose? Purpose is the original intent for the creation of a thing. Everything you see around was motivated by purpose. One principle, one fundamental principle about life is also the block of vision. Now, before an artist would draw on the, on the, on the board, he sees the entire picture in his mind. Then he works towards the picture. This is the principle behind architect, I mean, architectural designs of buildings. Before you put up the building, you are able to project. This is how I want it to look. This is how I want my hall to be. There's going to be a door here. There's going to be a door there. Then after that, you build towards it. Okay? So the original intent, that design of whatever anything or product is to perform on earth is actually purposed. So the original intent for the creation of a thing, the original reason why something was created is what we call purpose. But you see, one of the major problems also is that a lot of people do not know what their purposes in life is, are. And what happens is that they abuse their purposes. So marijuana and cocaine are from plants, right? These plants were made by God himself. But it is yeah. God never meant cocaine to be destroying people. Cocaine is used in, in, the, in, in, in surgery for anesthesia. If those of you who are in the field, you know what I'm talking about. They are using medicines. You know, marijuana are used in some medicines. They are used in some creams and all that. How can something God himself created be destroying people like this? The, 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 the explanation is abuse. And abuse comes from two words abnormal use see because the purpose the, the lack of the purpose of a thing will will let you i mean will actually let you lose value for it and you can use it to your own disadvantage and that's actually what happens so there are a lot of people on earth who don't really know why they are on earth so what's happening to them is that they are abusing their own lives and potential okay. they're abusing their own lives and potentials let me quickly run you through then how do i know my purpose is this i mean um, I mean, a multi-million question. People, are, people are always asking, "How do I discover my purpose?" The first thing okay. I want to talk about is that before you want to know your purpose, there is a concept you have to embrace, and that is what we call the the the, the product manufacturer concept. I have here in my in just by my side a Nokia phone. If you truly want to ask the purpose of this phone, you don't ask the phone because it is not the phone that made itself what you do is that you ask the manufacturer okay. if you want to ask for the purpose of a thing you don't ask the thing you ask the manufacturer why because every man every product is a concept of the manufacturer now the manufacturer knows the product more than the product knows itself okay the manufacturer can fix the product more than the product can fix itself that is why if you have an apple phone and you want to you want to i mean you you there is something wrong with you want to update it or there's something wrong the best person to actually work on it is the manufacturer because he knows his product he knows his product more than any other thing i said that mm -hmm. you are god's product mm -hmm. you are god's idea of his own personality and the personality of god's own idea one of the problems and one of the major problems we have is that when people are searching for purpose they neglect the manufacturer there are a lot of people who don't really sit down, want to ask god god why am i on earth and the truth is if you ask god the manufacturer he reveal it to you one of the things about every manufacturer is that he adds a manual to his product the manual of the human being is the basic instruction before leaving earth the bible b-i-b-l-e basic instruction before leaving earth in the bible god's intention concerning man is revealed we know the ultimate purpose of man god will show you exactly what he has called you to do and the kinds of people he has called you to make impact in. so you see the lives of people you see someone like nehemiah you see people like deliverers of samson how they failed and how some of them succeeded through the bible god actually points you to exactly what he has called you to do i have a message titled the waiters of consolation and you understand that even before jesus came on this earth 
there were people who were waiting and wailing and praying for the coming of the Messiah. One of them is Simon, the man in Luke chapter 2, and, and the woman called Anna, who Bible says that was fasting and praying with, and serving God with fastings in the temple, waiting for the redemption of Israel. So you see, you are able to actually glean on some of these things, and the Lord will help you know exactly what you have been called to do. Aside okay. knowing the mind of the manufacturer concerning yourself. Let me run you through what I call natural indicators that will help you know your purpose. One of the first things is your passions and your desires. What are you passionate about? What does your heart cry for? Some of us want to, want to be painters, want to be painted, like, 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 I mean, artists who paint. And that is where the joy is. When we sit behind the, the screen with a, with a brush, we lose count of time. We love what we do and we maximize our potentials. But there are a lot of us who find themselves in jobs that they are not passionate about. So they wake up every morning and they are dragging their feet. They wish they never went to work. But you see, if you find yourself in a place you have been called, you are passionate about it and you won't do it more. Even though you are done, you will still want more to be done. Passions and desires are some of the things that natural indicators that point you to what you have been called to do. The next thing, very quickly, is your ideas and your dreams. You see, you will get the greatest dreams and ideas in the place of your calling. There are some, I have, I have a friend who sees business in almost everything. You are talking to him and he's talking business. You are talking to him and he's talking anything you talk about. He sees business in it. So he has a lot of, he's an IT guy too. So he's now working on it, developing businesses and doing all kinds of things. Ask me, I can, I can, I can get an idea, but I can't really run with it because I'm not a business, a business person. Okay. Mine, mine is entirely different when it comes to motivating people, writing, speaking, challenging, preaching. That is me. He is not. So when he, when it comes to that, I am in charge. When it comes to businesses and things, he is in charge if you are working together. So ideas and dreams will mark your purpose. The next thing is your gifts, your potentials and talents. What are you gifted in? What are you gifted in? I'm not a football fan, but sometimes I am amazed by the gifts of people like Lionel Messi, the Ronaldos, the Xavis, the Agueros, and all those kinds of guys. They are gifted. You can see this is my potential. This is their talent. God in his own wisdom, because he has called us onto specific purposes, he places and programs in us gifts, potentials, and talent. And that is why I say that in every person is the ability to succeed, the block of potential. Another thing is that is 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 a burden and frustration. Now, your your calling will frustrate you and it will become a burden if you are not fulfilled. I think so. Let's let's continue with this. The first question that we are having right now. The first question is: I think okay. the person okay. the person is asking the question um, based on um, the passion, and he's asking that. I think after answering the question, we continue. So he's, a person is asking that: okay. Can we have okay. more than one passion? And then also, there are people who now they they think they want to do business, but they're also thinking that maybe right. in the near future they might not end up doing business. So what do they do? How do they take right. charge of right. life in that, that regard? Okay. So it is very common to, to be in that position. It happens to all of us. At some point in time, there are several things you feel like you are passionate about. What, what my experience has taught me is that with all those things, there is, there is going to be a dominant one. Or something or you can achieve, can achieve in the in the in the, in the, in the near future, future or, or in an immediate in future. Let me put it that There is one of them one that you can actually actually do. And then as you, as you are as you are as you pursue that, and that all the others will fall in place. All the others will fall in place. Sometimes do all of them at a time. You should be able to find a dominant one. One. That's One, very dominant. That is it, very, it's, it, it, you know, it, it is clearer you know, than all clearer the rest. All, and if you analyze them very carefully, realize that when when you that one, okay, the rest can the fall in place. It could not be now. It's just, but it's just you know, it's, 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 I'm just I'm short while the rest can, can fall in can fall in. So it's normal to have those passions. But look at the one who's look dominant. The one, the one which is the one easily accessible, easily achievable, and the one that can actually sort of conglomerate all the others, just all, all of them together as a composite and do that thing. Like I said, the rest will fall in place. Okay. Um. So the person asks, what about if you have several passions, right? And I am saying that amongst the passions 
if you assess them very well, uh, my little experience, what I know is that you will find a dominant passion. One, one that is clearer, more sort of more dominant than all the other passions. And if you look at them very carefully, you realize that when you are able to know that dominant one. The rest normally fall in place. Even if it's not in the immediate you know, time, okay. as you go on, you realize that all the others will come and fall in place. I love to do business. Okay. But like I said, I'm not a, a typical business person, right? Mm-hmm. I love to lecture because I love teaching. At the same time, okay. I love to do the work of God. I want to train leaders, raise leaders, particularly across Africa. So that is, that's, that's one thing. So how can I achieve all these at a time? Okay. okay. How can I achieve? Sometimes you realize that maybe one of them, can, you can start with one of them and you can pursue the other. So the other, the, the first one could be like the, the soul, the mother of all the others. And you can just bring in the others in as time goes on. Because it's difficult to achieve all of them at a time. So look at the one that is more dominant, that is more accessible at this present time, right? Okay. And just perceive it. Look at it. Which one can you start first? Which one can you add later? Sometimes they are all meant to be sort of a composite something. Because I can be doing ministry and still have side businesses to be pushing their ministry and missionary works mm-hmm. and trips, you know, and conferences. I can be I, out of because I love teaching. I can just be lecturing alongside as well, right? Okay. But which one should I find first? Which one can I do it now? And I can add the rest later on. So that is that is what I can say. Oh, okay, okay. So I mean, I'm going to move to life is not that itself. But then uh, there's also this question. This one is actually a personal question, and I'm I'm, I'm asking this question that looking at um especially in 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 our side of the world, we are more of I mean, when a child is growing up, we are talking about how in um in other countries are now letting their kids move directly into their passion at a younger age. Right. But it's quite unfortunate that now. I wouldn't say this right. general thing, but gradually we are evolving as a human. But then still, we are still stuck in a, in a world where until you are about 15 or 16, sometimes even 20, your parents are dictating what you are supposed to do. And we, today you've learned that life is not a rehearsal. Life starts from the day you are born and it goes on. You live and die at the same time. So how, in, in what ways can we, we um, I mean, the 21st century Christian, the 21st century youth influence some of these, how can some of these things, can we be influenced by some of these decisions to get to a point where we can now let our kids decide what they want to do, even at a younger age, and be okay with it? Right, that's that's a very good question. That's a very good question. One thing I want to tell every one of us is that, see, we have not been called to do the same thing on earth. Okay. We have, we have not all been called to do the same thing. We have all been called to do specific things. Assuming we're all doctors, Assuming we're all engineers, who will be playing the football? Who will be the politicians? I think it's 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 something that is a, a, a big challenge in Africa. And over the years, it's been it's been killing a lot of people. That's why our people. That's why I don't want to come up. Here, you are not allowed to be who you want to be, right? I mean, someone wants to do arts, and they say the person is going to do dondology. You will not come out to anything. You want to go to the university and become an artist who will be painting. You are not going to amount to anything. As, as our children grow up, let's assess their strengths. Let's assess their weaknesses. There are some of them, they are good in mathematics. They love engineering. You don't force them to become doctors. I personally know people who... They are not going to continue in, in medicine. I had one friend in the university when I was reading natural resources, he was in the medical school. I mean, he dropped first year, he told his parents he's not going to do it. He wrote the essay and he's now doing engineering in the US, you know. So it's, it, it's something that is that's really a great, a great challenge in, in our part of the world. And I think that we should be able to address it. You know, guide, I mean, guide your child. Guide your child. Guide your, teach your child about the rudiments of life, about the rudiments of, you know, what the systems of the world are. And, and let the child, you know, go after their own, go after their own passion, right? Just advise, help them, teach them, let them know the implications of the actions and all that. But, you know, from a Christian point of view, what a person is doing doesn't go against scripture. What I would say is that guide the child and help the child become whatever they want to become. That is where they can maximize their potential. That's where they can add to the and they can contribute their uniqueness to the world. So I don't believe okay. in the fact that we should force our children in doing what God hasn't called them to do. We, we can't all be doctors. We can't all be all the doctors. I prefer to be in, in the classroom. Maybe at class three. Teaching. 
than the in the in the in the theater. That is me. You put in the theater in theory. Right. Okay, okay, all right. I, I think um it's it sounds just about right. Um today, I mean events listening to, to, to this show, I was listening to an episode from um, a gentleman and he was saying that I think one thing that is really wrong with sometimes we, we think it's Africa, but the whole world is that we, we think everybody needs to be in a classroom. Right. We right. think everybody needs to be in a classroom, which to some extent is true, yes. Everybody needs to get the basics of how to control, how to live their lives. And right. I mean, even it makes you um, kind of a better person. But right. nobody is supposed right. to, I mean, get to a level. We we, we, all, we, all, we all have a chance of being something else that would help benefit right. the society at large. Right. So I think as growing up, I, I, I've always had a desire. And I know that um, when some of us are the, the grandparents, when some of us are, are the, right. the fathers and are the mothers, some of these things mm. are gradually going to leave the scene and maybe maybe yeah. we have new new challenges and new new things to to actually face so um in, yeah in i don't our part of the world in our part of the world there are certain basic things you need to have you know i believe that education should be more like a sharpening tool it should okay it shouldn't really be the main thing Okay. Should be able to restructure education to polish potential, right? To polish potential. Uh-huh. There are people with great ideas. I remember I watched the KSM show some, some years back. A guy who was able to take a whole engine of a car and was able to power the car with just with just a <laughs> just wires. So just this wires, and he just put some things together, and he was powering the car not with fuel. But it would just be just like normal wires and stuff. And I, I remember those were, I, I think I was in JHS. Now, Tesla hadn't even come to play. We have not heard of Elon about the electric car. We have not heard of it. But there was, that somebody was able to conceive that idea. Today we are fighting climate change and all that. And we, are, we are going for green energy and all that. And, and I mean, clean energy and all that. But the truth is that we had somebody conceiving this idea years ago in our own in our own camp. The guy did not get any help. He felt probably he would not amount to anything. He dropped it. I don't know where he is now, but he's never been heard of the game. Of the game. Now, Elon Musk is battling with as the richest man in the world thanks to his Tesla. Recently, the Tesla went high with the shares just, just, just like that. You know, rocketing shares, astronomical shares, a percentages of shares, and he's just making money. Yeah, I think um, that's 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 about it. Uh, we, we have a whole episode to talk about how education, right. how right. how we can restructure. Right. And the reason why this podcast is there is that I have a strong feeling that in in if if this is to reach about even two or three people, right. the world is going to be yeah. able to sometimes. Yeah. Right. So I think uh, we can zoom into live is not a rehearsal. Maybe we can do some few minutes of it, and then maybe right. we would so say going. I'm, not, I'm, not gonna, I, I'm 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 almost done. So one one. I mean, when you talk about life is not a rehearsal, what comes to mind is that in every in every endeavor, particularly in sports, in athletics, in 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 the arts industry, before a musician comes on stage, they rehearse, they take time to rehearse, they know their points. There is a director who says, now, now this time do this, at this time do this, at this time raise the pitch, sing it in this in this key, sing it in maybe G G. I mean, um, I mean, in, in, in how do you call it? A minor, whatever. This are that, 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 singing in this key and all that. In sports, it happens. Before the boxer comes, they will take months of preparation. Footballers do same. They go for same. But the truth is that when we critically analyze life, life doesn't give us a platform for preparation. I mean, a platform for a rehearsal. So it's mm-hmm. like I've given you one platform, rehearse it, as that you come into this life and now perform it. No. So the truth is life doesn't begin at 40. Life doesn't begin when you are married or doesn't begin when you have completed a university. Life actually begins the very day you were born. Because okay. for whoever you will become, whether you be able to fulfill God's assignment or be a failure in life, whatever goes, I mean, whatever happens from the very day you are born contributes to it. It contributes to it. Whatever you become, you know, it is, it is believed that for the first eight years of a child, all his character and his habits and everything are formed. Whoever he will become in life, the basic things are formed already. So you see, okay. it is so important okay. that we work with this agency that 
You see, I don't have two lives, so I cannot gamble with one. And that's one thing I see. We, we work in life. We waste the second, we waste the minute. We don't contribute to our life. You know, one of the, one of the biggest problems is that we have what I call destination. That, that kind of that destination illusion. For a lot of us, we are waiting to a point where we get to a particular place that is when we start living life. We forget mm-hmm. that when we actually talk about life, it's time. When we talk about life, it is time. You see, mm-hmm. when you waste your time, okay, you're actually wasting your life. The waste of yeah. time is very synonymous yeah. to murder. It's synonymous to that. I mean, killing. Let me explain. You see, if somebody is to spend 70 years on this and the person is 35 and somebody shoots the person and kills the person. The person has been denied a hooping, a hooping 35 years. Mm-hmm. Those 35 years mm-hmm. is just time. So the person's time has just been cut short. That's all. That's the meaning. That is why if you create it, don't somebody, is, I mean, it's killed. They say, you have cut the person's life short. You have cut the person's time short. So you see, if today you tell me I should come and wait for you at 10 and you come at, let's say, 12, what you have done is that you have caused, you have caused some kind of salient murder because you have okay. wasted my time. Murder is wasting somebody's time. So you see, when you waste a second, you are wasting your life. You are killing your life. You are killing your destiny. When you waste the time. So the Bible says that, and that we should redeem the time. We should be wise people redeeming the time. So I just want to challenge everyone listening to me that, listen, life is not a rehearsal. We have to work in life with all the agents. Let me, let me just put, the, put this across. The doctors tell us that we should have at least six to eight hours rest every day. Now, mm-hmm. if you sleep for eight mm-hmm. hours every day, that means that one third of your of your day is spent on sleeping alone. Yeah. Now, if you are spending yeah. 60 years, that means 20 years of your life is used for sleeping. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. are if you are yeah, if you are spending 90 years, then that means that your your whole life on earth, you use 30 years for sleeping alone. Yeah. Look at the number of years you start kindergarten, yeah. you complete the university, those who do the masters and PhD. Look at the number of hours you sit in church. Go to school. I mean, sit with friends, watch football, and play games. Look at the number of hours you, you used to join programs like this. Watch your favorite programs and do whatever you want to do. You realize that hmm, the very time you actually have prepared to become all that has ever been born in your heart, all those great ideas and great, you know, aspirations and all those great goals, you have a very limited time to pursue. Yeah. So all of the years you have on earth, all of them are not going to be used to pursue that plan. And that is that is that is why we have to work in life with this agency. You don't have time to spare because every person of a second draws you closer to you. Remember, you were you are more dead today than you were yesterday, and you'll be more dead tomorrow mm-hmm. than you'll be dead today. Because every person of a second, every person of, of a minute, of an hour, of a day, of a week, of a month, and of a year draws you closer to a grave. We'll be celebrating our birthdays. I mean, this year, there will be one less of the years left. You are dying, so you better sit up and work towards what God wants you to achieve. It is the definite time. Your life is finite. You have a definite existence, so you cannot rehearse the life because life itself is not a rehearsal. The Lord bless you. That is that is um, a wonderful way to to end today's hours. I was going to ask um, for your final words, but this this is even I. I I want this to. Be, I, want, I even want this to be to be the final word. So, um, Papa Sami, we we always like to end our first. I mean, first session with our with any debutant guest by asking to. Yes. I I didn't tell you why. So I should have given you a heads up, but you are perfect to do it. So the first question is: um, Imagine that after the two one show right now, no life without life without cases on such, and then Jesus. This evening, the world's ending this evening. What are the three things in life? I, I'm, that struggling, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to. I'm struggling to hear the question. I think the light has been breaking a bit. So let me put you at this. Please can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Please can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, I was asking the okay, question was, that. Asking the question now. Now, after right. the show right now, the show is ending in the next the five or ten right minutes. The after the show right now, there's no two one right. show. There's no two thesis. And then all you have is three things that you know are true. They are true for you, and they will never change. What would this? 
All right. So three things that I know are true. So three things that I know are which will never change. for you and they will never change. Okay. Yes, please. Right. Okay. So let me let me let me let me just list them. One of them is God. God and okay. his existence. God exists. It doesn't matter what anyone would say. It doesn't matter what anyone will, will tell you. We are not coming from cockroaches. I am a scientist. You can imagine, and I, I did a bit of geological science, and you are sitting behind, in front of these professors, and they are bombarding you with all kinds of theories. They are telling you theories on, on some kind of assumptions and all that. And they want to they want to actually nullify God. I remember you tell someone God bless you and they will tell you thank you for your good wishes. Because you don't believe in God and they feel saying God bless them is just a fallacy. So God, He remains true. He will never think it is true. It, I mean, there is there is an original creator, an original designer behind all the things you see. It's marvelous when you want to look at actually. I mean, the, 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 all the things, the designs, look at the landscape, consider the human being, and look at all these things around and see the beauty of God. The Carmenso Hotel says that scientists don't manufacture knowledge, they discover. Actually, so the thing was there and they uncovered it. So discovery and inventions must lead you to faith and devotion in God. So God is true. The next thing is that I believe that he loves man. That's absolute. I believe that God loves us. Now, God loves us. We, we, he, 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 he actually placed this image in us. We were disobedient, and by sin, we be, I mean, the the relationship we had with Him was was broken. So, everyone that is coming from Adam doesn't have a relationship with God. That is what the Bible means when it says you are a sinner. That's what the Bible means when you are. It says you are falling short of the glory of God. There are three things: one, you have lost the you have lost the divine life, and three, you have lost the relationship you have with Him. But because He loves us, He sent His Son to come and die for us, and He is the only one who, who can actually restore us back to Him. He restores us the image, He brings the divine life, and He brings us back to Himself. So the Bible says that. And the Lord Christ Jesus is the second and the last and the last and he makes us as he makes us as himself. He says that he shall be called the I mean the 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 elder or the senior brother of brothers and brethren. He loves us he is the only one who can call us back to himself. Right? Then the last thing I would say is that this is true. You are unique in your own self. God has brought you on this earth for such a time as this to achieve a particular purpose. And that's why you must commit your life to Remember, they didn't come at the time of Gabriel. They didn't come at the time of the first war. First war. Why are you on earth now? Remember, why are you on earth? There is a time for you, for this particular generation to contribute to your unique contribution. So please don't rob this earth of his glory. Don't rob God of his glory. Don't deny this generation of salvation. These three things I hold them dear to my heart, and they are, I know they are absolutely true. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, to, on to our final question. The final question is personally, what's your definition of success? Well, my definition of success is, is, is actually to fulfill what God has called you on earth for. That's how I call success. So I see that the ant is successful when it is able to fulfill the original intent of its creation. So is the elephant. Right? Okay. Everything on earth actually has a particular reason for its existence. Everything. I believe the Bible, when the Bible says that the earth is full of its glory, it is so because on the earth, everything on earth is pursuing what God has called it to do. So the ant doesn't want to do the work of the elephant. If it does the work it has created to do, it's glorifying God. So when you look at John chapter 17, verse 4, the Bible says, Jesus said, I have brought you glory on earth, oh God. I have finished the assignment he gave you. So to finish God's assignment is the greatest glory you can ever give to him. So if the tree stretches its branches and gives room and room 
for the for the nest of the bird and produces the flower and it is giving fruit to produce fruit for man to eat and to enjoy himself and to enjoy that tree is fulfilling that it's successful and it is giving glory to God. So to be successful, it really become all that God has destined for it to It's not really about money, but to really become, because you can have all the money and still be a Oh, okay, okay, all right. So, um, success is not about money, you can have all the money and still be a failure. So, this yeah. evening, Mr. Samoa Ampufuchime says, I want to thank you so much for your time. But then, before you leave, tell us something about um, the book in, in, in like one minute, something about live and your, and your new I book coming up. And if anybody right, have a right. copy, um, yeah. yeah. Right. So, so I mean, I just picked one chapter of the book, and I just picked just a few things, and those are the things I talked about today. It's it's a powerful book. Maybe if, if by the grace of next week I'll just do a bit a bit a bit more about it. But it is just a book that will help us to know our purposes in life and know the principles of achieving them. And if we are able to do that, then we will not rehearse life. Be able to do that, then we will not waste our time and our life. So, a, cha- a ten chapter book that covers almost everything about purpose, how to know your purpose. You know the coming of Satan. I mean the power of preparation. It talks about mastering your field. So, so many things. So, it's all about how to know your purpose in life and how to fulfill it. That's the first one. And if you, if you want a copy, I think uh, for now I have copies to keep. For now, just just give me a call or a text, and I will I will get I will get one to you. Um, um, we we still working with printing print little more because they are almost out of stock. But I, I I have some 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 hundreds. I mean some tens of copies with me. And if you if you get in touch, you can get one of the books. The book that is coming is more like a sequel to what we have done and the title is even mana mana is big when i was in the uk i was after my master's i was working and a nigerian asked me a question which of these two continents is more blessed africa or europe and <laughs> i was just thinking through and i told him that you know what god doesn't give his gifts god doesn't give his gifts in finished states God gives okay. his gifts in raw materials. That is why almost every natural gift has is hidden. So God will bless you with the furniture, but it is found in trees. God okay. will bless you with gold, but it is hidden in rocks, in the ore. God will bless you with the, I mean, the diamond jewelries, but you have to dig it out, right? So all the gifts God will give you, they are all embedded in something and it takes the responsibility of work by human beings for us to polish it to bring its glory out so i went back to the bible and i found that you see even manna which we believe is miraculously was miraculously produced by god from heaven unto man that food was not ready to eat the bible says that they had to grind manna they had to cook it and then they had to bake them into cakes Go to your Bible and check again and realize that even manna was baked. So that's where the concept came from. So God doesn't give you this in raw in, in, in finished goods, but in raw material. So the principle applies to marriage. It doesn't matter if you get the best wife. There is some work you have to do with the marriage. Right? So some people marry, they think they've missed it. It's not true. You didn't miss it. It could be that that is God's original intent for your life. In the Bible, in the book of Judges, God told the, I mean, the 11 tribes of Israel to go and fight Benjamin because some men in Benjamin had raped, I mean, a lady and had killed the lady. And the people wanted to go and fight. And they went to God and, and they asked God, God, should we go? God said, yes. Which of the tribes should go first? He says, let Judah go first. But they went and for the first time, 22,000 people were killed. God told them they should go, but they were killed. Now, they okay. came back, they wept, they wept, they wept. God, they asked God, God, should we go again? God says, yes, go. They went back again, and 18,000 people were killed. So the, mm-hmm. the, the question is, does the voice of God lie? No. But you see, the third time, God said, go. And this time, what they did is that they developed a strategy. Bible says they laid ambush. They, they actually put some people in bushes. 
then they 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 just took some few military men to go and when they when the military men were going the people started coming and they they, they just withdrew and they were running away so the benjamite thought that oh we are going to kill them this time round this as, as we have done before and what those in the bushes did was that they went into the city they killed every every person that was left the aged those that those that were sick they killed children and they killed all their wives and then they set a smoke into the sky so when they set the smoke into the sky and the people saw it they became confused they felt should we go they realized that their cities their city was under attack so the people were shaking should we go and save our wives or we should still pursue the judah and his people and go and kill them so the benjamins were confused when they, they were confused then all the other armies started coming at them again they began to run and they killed every one of them and killed almost everyone in the city the session of just 600 people who ran away so the, the question is how were they able to succeed in the third one they were able to succeed because we must always balance spirituality with strategies whenever okay. god gives you something there is a strategy you must use Mm-hmm. Okay, there is a so there is a weapon component of everything the Lord will give you. So God can give you something, and it will feel like what a, what a, it will not produce anything. It will not be a blessing to you. Why? Because it didn't add work to it. It's a powerful book. I, I am mm-hmm. amazed how the inspiration comes. I am just amazed. I'm just amazed how the inspiration comes. And oh, I talk about how a gift can slay you, and how a gift can actually preserve you. Preserved by a gift. Preserved by by I, I don't have the book here. I would have gone through some of the sometimes I, I, I sit down I'm like, am I the one who wrote this? And you know that it's just by the breath of the Holy Spirit. It's just of by course. the breath of the it's a powerful book. It's a powerful book, and I know it is going to bless lives and just turn lives around. So it talks about how to convert your gifts, you know, into fortunes, how to convert your ministry into fortunes, the work you have to do. And the, you know, I discuss a whole lot of things, you know, cutting across money. And how Christianity has demonized money, and that is not what the Bible actually is. A lot of revelations in there. I don't think I have time to talk about all of them. So people should just watch out. Um, when yeah. when I put the advert yeah. out there, I think the comments that were that were coming were more. I mean, were just heavy. So I had to go back, look at it, and just you know add some things. That's the reason why I've not come out yet. But I'm 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 working at it assiduously, and I want everyone to get a copy. It's going to be on Amazon as well. And, and let's push the ministry. There are more books. There are more books that are coming. Let's push the ministry. The Lord bless us. Yeah. Okay. So, um, to grab a copy of this book, we would share a link to the author in the book. Also, right. you can. Okay. Yeah. It's already. It's already on the platforms. You can contact Mr. Samampo which Mr. Sorry. But in case you will be listening to this show probably um, on podcast, we would drop the number in our podcast show notes. Also, you can contact me or Theresa for a copy. And um, yeah, actually, we wanted to we wanted um to get uh, an somebody wanted to call in, but unfortunately he's not here. So, Mister um, Samuel Ampovuchimisa, I want to thank you once again for your time, and um, we hope to connect God willing next week to have our final. Um, episode of this two-part series. Mm. Mm. Thank you so much, Ben. Thanks for having me. Sorry for the yeah. We I think um, if you if you've been here, it's 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 like it's it's, it's something that we, we we actually used. But then don't worry, we actually tweak it, edit it, and make it make it sound good. So on podcast would be a very wonderful um, episode. So once again, I want to thank you so much, and we hope to connect God with next week. And that is all for this episode. Kindly subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Leave us a review on any Apple device or the Apple Podcast website. A link will be shared in the show notes. You can follow the 2 on Show on any social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the 2 on Show. If you've got anything to share with us, future topics, conundrum or question, productivity tip, kindly send all of that an audio file, mb3 format to the 2 on Show 2020 at gmail.com or info at the 2 on Show.com. Once again, we want to say a special thank you to our cherished listeners now for spending time with us we hope to catch you in future episodes